0: Today we get some nuclear revenge in the form of sending a stepmom to the emergency room. But first, boyfriend broke up with me, so I ratted on him to the police. I can say for a fact that the phenomenon where people do some really crazy things for love is accurate and true. I used to be one of those people who thought there are some lines a normal person wouldn't cross for the person they're in love with. I believe that a person in love would keep an adequate amount of sanity to be able to tell right from wrong. Whenever the time arises, how wrong I was. I did some really crazy things for my ex-boyfriend. Things that put a strain on the relationship I had with some of the members of my family. It was as though I was blindfolded throughout the time we were dating, and when he finally decided to dump me, the veil was finally lifted. And I realized that I'd been in an emotionally abusive and manipulative relationship, and I was able to do the right thing. The right thing means informing the police about his small, drug peddling operation. But let's start at the beginning. It all started a few years ago, on the day I graduated from college. My roommates were all going for an after party at a beach house, and my best friend Alice insisted I should come. I would have preferred to have a quiet evening, reading a novel or taking a bubble bath, celebrating with a glass of Chardonnay, but I had no choice. Alice literally dragged me to the party and while I didn't like being in crowded spaces or extremely loud music, I tried my best to have some fun. Not for myself, but for my friends. It was graduation. I didn't want to go bumming anybody out. We had a few celebratory shots of tequila, and before I knew it, my friends had all split. Some were making out with strangers, others were playing beer pong, After a while, I decided that I'd had enough of the migraine-generating music and the nauseating smell of alcohol mixed with sweat and vomit. I stepped outside to clear my head and just get a breath of fresh air. I had to walk a few feet away before I could get away from the loud music. I sat close to the shores of the waters for a moment, just enjoying the sound of the waves crashing against the rocks. A few moments later, I saw two figures in the distance, talking in low murmurs. Now, my next move didn't make any sense because that kind of scenario was something I was supposed to be scared of. A girl sitting alone at the beach with two shadowy figures in the distance. Until now, I wonder if I didn't make this next move, it could have been a different story. Anyways, instead of me standing up to dust my pants and walking back into the house, I decided to walk up to them. When I got close enough, I recognized one of the guys, the shorter one. His name was Randall and he was the frat boy throwing the party. When they noticed me walking toward them, they stopped talking and stared at me. My gaze turned from Randall to the other guy, which I didn't know at the moment. I couldn't see his face, but he had a really nice voice. I said hi to the guys and asked what they were doing out there. Randall was silent for a moment, then asked me who I was. I told him about the friend that invited me to the party, and Randall became quite chatty when he was sure I wasn't the police. The tall guy, on the other hand, was silent but I could feel his eyes on me. A few minutes later, the guy decided to leave and he shook Randall. There was something weird about the way they shook. It was almost as if they were exchanging something. I eventually found out that I walked in on a drug trade. A few days later, I'd forgotten about the events of the beach house party. I went out to get a cup of coffee. I had just started an internship position in a small publishing company as the graphic designer, and as the intern, my main duty was to get coffee for the rest of the workers. I had been waiting in line for what seemed like hours when I felt a tap on my shoulder. I turned around and I saw him. I didn't recognize him as Randall's friend at the time, but he was so handsome that I felt my irritation vanish, and I was ready to listen to whatever he had to say. He asked if i recognized him and when i said no he introduced himself as joshua randall's friend we chatted in the queue for a while and when we got our coffee we stood outside the cafe to continue our discussion he was so charming so funny that i was head over heels already i didn't even know how that was possible but it happened eventually i checked my watch and realized that i was late already and i had to leave He collected my number and promised to text, which he did as soon as I got back to work. I didn't get much work done that day because we spent most of the time texting. That day we decided to go see a movie together that Friday. We spent most of the time talking and we had to be repeatedly silenced by the other people in the cinema. He escorted me home and, against my better judgement, I invited him into my apartment and we went all the way if you know what I mean. We continued to go on dates every Friday and we got to know each other pretty well. Or at least, he got to know me. He told me about the physical abuse he'd suffered at the hands of his father and his addict mother who was absent 90% of his childhood and how he's working to try to put himself through college. But that was all. Whenever I asked him about what he did for a living, he usually clams up and changes the subject or just tells a really obvious lie that I started to wonder if I was going out with a hired killer or an international spy. Six weeks after we met at the cafe, Josh asked me to be his girlfriend and I said yes. It was the most exciting thing that had happened to me in a long time and I couldn't believe my luck, scoring someone as hot as him. Another few weeks later though, everything started to spiral downwards. I came back from work one evening, and I saw Josh at my doorstep with a large suitcase. I was really surprised, and I asked him what was going on. He said he wanted to surprise me by moving in. Okay, that was a surprise, but not the type that I found pleasant. I'm a private person, and I loved my space. I felt like moving in was a huge decision I wasn't ready to jump into with a guy that I'd just met less than three months ago. Of course, this was my better judgement talking, but whenever Josh was around I tend to kick the better judgement to the curb. I invited him into the house, and we had a, um, really good time. The next day I decided to talk to him about how uncomfortable I felt about the arrangement. I tried to talk to him as gently as I could, but before I knew it, he was riled up, talking about how he wanted to show his love to me by moving closer so we could see each other every day. He even made a show of packing his belongings and storming off to the door. I had to hold him back and apologize. Eventually, he stayed. I made sure to cook him a special dinner when I got back from work that day. My way of apologizing for wanting to have a sensible discussion with my boyfriend. A few weeks later, I found out the truth about why he moved into my house. But before then, I noticed that Josh never once discussed work. But still, his phone rang at the odd hours of the night, and anytime it does that, he usually had to leave. Whenever I asked why, his reply was always, work. One day I left an important sketch for a design I was working on at home so I had to go back to get it. I couldn't call Josh because I'd left my phone charger also and my phone battery died. Well I got home, put my keys in the door, turned it and walked into the biggest shock of my life. Josh was seated in the living room with a bunch of rough looking guys that I had never seen in my life. I was so scared that we were getting robbed. But then I saw the items on my living room table. It was weed, lots of it, and a bag of whitish powder, which I later found out to be H. The guys were packing the drugs into smaller packs, obviously for distribution, and there was a large stack of money on the table. $10 bills stacked in bales. I was so speechless and I didn't know what to do. My first instinct was to call the police, but what do I even tell them? Josh rushed over from his seat over to me. He started to apologize to me, saying it wasn't what I thought. He explained that he was introduced to the job by his abusive father and that he'd been good at it ever since. He didn't have money for college and that that was the only way he could make the money to make a better future for himself. He further said that I might have done worse if I were in his shoes and I was lucky to have the kind of upbringing I had. I don't know how he did it, but I actually felt sympathetic to him at the time. In my mind, I was thinking, maybe not all drug dealers are bad, you know? They all got into bad situations and now they're trying to make a better way for themselves. I eventually decided to let him do his thing, but I told him not to do it in the house, which he agreed to at the time. But as the weeks went by he started to make excuses to have his drug friends over sometimes because he couldn't meet outside because of the police or because he was too tired eventually he stopped asking for permission to have them over i'd come home and meet these guys that looked like gang members on my couch packing drugs one time while they were talking one of the guys thanked me for saving josh's butt and taking him in after the police raided his place I turned to him furious, but he pulled me into the kitchen and explained that he couldn't tell me the truth because he didn't want me to react the same way I was reacting. He sweet-talked his way into making me forgive him once again. Over the weeks, my parents came to visit. My snooping mum went through stuff in our bathroom and she found his hiding spot for weed, something I wasn't able to find. She told me to break up with him at once and report him to the police. I couldn't do that. I loved him. When my dad decided that he was going to go to the police anyways, I threatened that if they did go to the police, I'll be going to jail with him because he was dealing right out of my house. They left my place and refused to talk to me for a long time. My relationship with Josh got so dysfunctional that one time Josh claimed that he was sick and he couldn't make a drug run so I had to do it for him. I wanted to refuse but anytime I refused to do anything, he would take me on a guilt trip about how I don't support his ambitions to go to college and how I can't sacrifice anything for him. I always wind up having to do what he wants every time. So why go through all that stress now? I gave the stuff to his buyer and collected the money. Then I went home to another greatest shock of my life. Josh was seated on the couch with another woman and they were kissing. In tears, I asked for an explanation. Turns out the girl, whose name was Keisha, was out of town for a while because of the police. She was also involved in the trade. Josh, on the other hand, saw me as an opportunity to avoid the cops while selling. Turns out that she was his girlfriend all this while, and he was only using my house for cuckooing. I was distraught. I just sat and watched in silence as he grabbed his stuff and the rest of his supply and left with Keisha. He didn't even have the decency to tell me formally that it was over between us. That meant he didn't even consider me to be his girlfriend in the first place. I stayed at home for a few days without taking a sick leave, and I just cried. I missed him a lot, and for a while I was still looking for reasons why I was at fault. Eventually, after a long talk with a therapist and some friends, I started to see how stupid I've been acting. I fell in love with a dealer and I let him run my life for such a long time. I decided to put it all behind me, and for a while it worked. I was fine, happy. I'd even fixed the relationship between me and my parents. A few months later, I had just started a full-time position in the publishing company, and things were looking up. But one day while I was out for my lunch break, I was driving past the cafe where I first saw Josh, and to my surprise, he walked out with Keisha, They got into his car and drove off. Instinctively, I followed them. I trailed behind them until they got to an apartment building in the other part of town. I walked in a few minutes after them and talked to the caretaker. I got their apartment number and went back to my car. I knew what I had to do. It's bad enough that I let a drug dealer roam free all this while. I couldn't see him again today and still let him go. I drove over to the police station without giving it a second thought and I gave them all the necessary details for his arrest. I also agreed to testify anonymously against him in court. The police used the information I gave them to make the arrest, and he was eventually convicted and is currently doing time in jail. I tell myself that I did it to keep a criminal off the streets, but in truth, I just wanted to get back to Josh for playing me. First of all, depending on what you believe, some people will probably strongly believe OP did the right thing regardless. But being backstabbed like this in multiple ways, you can't really blame OP regardless, right? Also, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our final story of the day is, I sent my future stepmom to the ER. I was 7 when my mother died and for the past decade, my father's had a revolving door of affairs. From his coworker, who wouldn't stop calling me sport despite the fact that I'm the least athletic person I know, to my math teacher who put me in a month's worth of detention when my dad stopped answering her calls, and even our neighbor's wife at one point. I'm not even going to pretend like that wasn't the most painful one because we literally had to pack up and move when the affair blew up in both of their faces. Not only did it cost me my friends that I'd known since we were in diapers, but it also meant that I lost my childhood crush, who just so happened to be my neighbor's daughter. So it's safe to say that my dad's love life has always come at a cost to my personal life, but I guess he's always made up for it by being a present dad regardless. The fact that I had access to his credit card was also a nice benefit, but you won't hear me acknowledge that anywhere. Anyways, his sisters, my aunts, were always of the opinion that my mom was so irreplaceable to my dad that he would do anything to try and chase the feeling of being with her. But he was adamant on proving them wrong, and so he proved his seriousness in each of his relationships the same way he expressed emotions with family. He bought them absurd things. Now, my dad's not the richest guy in the block. But I've never had to look at a phone bill and figure out how many hours worth of work would pay it. So, yeah, I definitely recognize and embrace my privilege. But my dad has a knack for picking the worst type of women that wanted only one thing. More of his money. Thankfully, he's a smart guy, so he typically broke things off whenever they got too demanding. But he wasn't as smart as he always thought he was, because that's how I ended up in the situation of this revenge story. Shortly after I turned 17, my dad made the grand announcement that he was introducing me to his newest girlfriend, and that meant that she had hit the 3 month mark, so he was beginning to trust her enough. To be honest, when I first met her, I could easily see why my dad trusted her. She's an insurance manager, and my dad was her client before she left her old job. However, after a few meetings with her, I quickly caught on that she was using that scenario as source material to emotionally blackmail my dad. You know I would do anything for you, including losing my job. The first time she said that, or something of that variation, I swear my eyebrows touched my hairline. It was so there, so obvious. But my dad just smiled at her and kissed her knuckles, and that's when I knew she was going to be a headache. It started with the small stuff. He got her a pair of diamond earrings and they magically fell off while they were vacationing in peru so of course he got her another pair and then she somehow got multiple job applications and multiple rejections despite the fact that he gave her the money to restock her wardrobe and take courses for the roles and then her flatmate changed the lease left her in the dark and homeless and she just had to move to our house while she sorted things out But of course, it wasn't enough that she needed a place while she searched for her new place. Living with her convinced my dad that he was past the trauma from losing my mom and he proposed to her. I had a panic attack the night he told me about their engagement and I still can't explain it but I think my mind and body understood that she was evil but there was no valid reason to tell my dad about this without sounding like the brat who doesn't want his happiness so I sucked it up. When she started making comments about my weight, about how skinny I am and how sad it is that I wasn't good enough for any of the varsity sports, I just smiled and kept it polite, reminding her that the same credit card that bought her a massive diamond ring would be okay with funding my tuition. And to be honest, I think that's when we both drew the battle line. She knew I was on to her and I knew I could never accept her or allow her to take any more advantage of my dad if I could do anything about it. So I did everything I could. I convinced my dad that I was warming up to her and I included myself in most of their activities, like vacations and shopping, which unsurprisingly they did a lot. Whenever she picked up pricey things, I made comments about the product or the company so that her still choosing it would appear as though she didn't care about my opinion. But she soon caught on to me and would meet my dad outside the house and force him to take her shopping or on a short trip. So I decided I would just have a conversation with my dad about it. While on one of her fake job searches, I told my dad we needed to talk and I told him that I liked the fact that he was ready to settle down but I wasn't sure he was doing it with the right person. He got very, very, very upset at me. He thought I was worried he wouldn't have any time left for me or that I would have to share an inheritance if they had kids together. But those were the farthest thing from my mind. I just wanted her out of his life. Unfortunately, he didn't see it that way. And when she got back from what I'm certain was brunch with her friends, he told her about how I was feeling silly and jealous at the dinner table where I also sat. I wanted to disappear so badly at that moment because I knew he had just put me on a dangerous radar, but he didn't know that. I caught the dark look she gave me, and I just steeled myself because I knew that crap was about to hit the fan. She plays a good threat game, I'll admit that at least, because it took well over a month after my dad spilled our private conversation for her to strike at me. But the way she did it threw all resemblance of fair game out the window and I had to go nuclear as freak. It was weeks after Spillgate and I was getting ready for my SATs that was about a month away. But it was my birthday so I had my guard down and I had some of my friends over for a mini party. My dad wouldn't let me kick his fiance out of the planning so I agreed that she could handle what I thought would be the least volatile thing since she would likely buy it straight from a store dessert. I told her the caterers would handle my actual birthday cake, and she just needed to come up with a simple tray of dessert that would appeal to a bunch of teenagers. We had this conversation in front of my dad, so of course, she pinched and patted my cheeks and said, sure thing sweetie, I'll make sure your birthday party is perfect. Perfect for a funeral, more like. But I was having a lot of fun on my birthday, when she brought out the tub of peppermint ice cream. I thought to myself, I was right. Of course it's store bought, but I didn't give her enough credit because I had nearly finished my bowl of ice cream when one of my friends said, I can taste some peanut or is it peanut butter in this? And my future stepmom said, oh yes, I had it specially included because it's his favorite thing in the world, record freaking scratch. My dad was the first to speak up, mostly because I was starting to feel my throat closing in and he said, favorite thing? no he's allergic to it it's the worst thing that can happen he's severely allergic what the heck and she had the nerve to actually look shocked while i gasped for air and my eyes were watering terribly the last thing i heard was i thought it was his favorite i didn't know and then everything went black I woke up in the hospital five hours later, according to my dad, and the doctor told me I was being irresponsible with my EpiPen because my dad spent so much time looking for it and that time made me go into anaphylactic shock. But I knew that was BS. My EpiPens, yes, plural, never left their spot for too long because I never took a risk with anything peanut butter related. One was always on my phone case and the other was always in my backpack. I didn't need Sherlock Holmes to tell me that my evil stepmother had gotten rid of them. I already knew I had to get my revenge on her, but the next bit of information the doctor gave me confirmed I would have to try my hardest to end her life the way she wanted to end mine. Due to how long I spent without air, there were some complications during the treatment, and my heart rate was ridiculously slowed something called arrhythmias, and I would have to spend a few days in the hospital so they could monitor my heart and find out if I'd need to have heart surgery and get a pacemaker to regulate my heart. And that's when it hit me. My SATs were weeks away. I couldn't be on bed rest for even a few days and still make it to the exam. There was so much left to cover, and my sheer nerves from the time away would affect any studying I'd already covered. I was screwed, and I knew it and judging by my dad's expression, he knew it too. While my dad rambled on about how sorry he was and how sorry she was, and how I could take a gap year anyway and he would fund whatever I wanted to do in that period, I knew exactly what would make me feel better, so I started planning for it, but first I focused on getting better. Luckily the meds I got in the hospital kicked in and my heart got better, and I was ready to try and stop hers. Playing the role of the doting mom was easy for her, since she'd been acting part of a doting girlfriend of my dad long enough. She checked on me in my room, and I told her I believed it was an honest mistake, and we all commit errors anyway. If only she knew the exact extent of errors I had in mind to commit. Being a gold-digging trophy wife comes with high physical fitness, so she typically started her day with coffee, black, and I knew what to do. A few weeks after I got out of the hospital and assured her and my dad that all was forgiven, I mixed some of her coffee with detergent powder and placed it nicely back in the pot. I waited for her to come down the stairs from their room and watched from the hallway as she started the pot and when she saw that the cup had more bubbles than usual, she just raised her brows and shrugged. She took a massive gulp of the cup and looked even more confused but she continued drinking it. I waited for her to leave for the gym before getting to my next phase, and then I waited for her to get back from the gym knowing she was typically going to spend a solid 30 minutes in the bathroom, but my payback would have her out in less than 5 minutes. I'm not gonna lie, it felt like waiting for Santa on Christmas day and it definitely was just as rewarding. Ten minutes after she got into the room she shares with my dad, my future stepmom started screaming and ran down the stairs blindly, barely covering her body with a robe as her face was visibly reddening and blistering. She made it halfway down the stairs before doubling over in pain and holding her stomach. My plan couldn't have been more perfect. While she'd been teasing me about not being athletic, she forgot that I spent my free time in the chemistry lab. And when I was home, I was sure to listen to every conversation she had on the phone with her phony friends. Her bath routine was shampoo soak first, then face wash, then body wash, then a million other things. But it was enough to help my plan. I got duplicates of her shampoo and face wash bottles and filled them with high concentrate hydrogen peroxide. Combined contact with her skin and scalp, plus the ridiculous amount of detergent she'd ingested, I knew just how much pain she was going to be in. So I ignored her as she shouted my name repeatedly, and when about 10 minutes had passed, about half the time it took for her to convince my dad to give up on searching for my EpiPen after practically poisoning me, I called 911 from the house phone and left it beside her crying head so she could get the ambulance for herself and then I went to replace the actual bottles on her side of the bathroom before rinsing out the bleach on the shower floor. Then I opened the door for the ambulance and spent my afternoon on the piano. If I couldn't get into college, I might as well brush up on my music. I'm just impressed that OP could do this and get away with it. I mean, hide the evidence as much as you can, but there's some serious questions to be answered regarding what happened with the product that she was using. I'm just impressed for OP's sake that it didn't go further, maybe it was the exchange back and forth, with her knowing that she tried to get rid of OP to begin with. Maybe they were afraid that if they tried to implicate OP that they would only escalate further action.